When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I am Boyd Hilton. After a far too lengthy absence, how dare he go on holiday at all? I presume it was a holiday. Uh, Josh... Psychic Josh is back in his Soho House-style office, looking fresh-faced and fancy-free. Hello, Josh. Boyd, great to be back. I was sorry to miss last week's episode. In the old days, when we used to record in person Mm. uh, around London, more would be missed, right? There's very little reason to to miss being able to catch up on a Zoom one. So I do heavily apologise, Boyd. It's not acceptable. Um... But yeah, do you think we're ever going back to in-person, Boyd, or this will be our our virtual? Mm. I think maybe for the end of a season, Boyd, if we finish fourth, yeah, we've maybe. got to get together in person. Maybe, yeah. Get one of your yeah. get one of your beloved Arsenal former players, hundred percent. I will do that if we come fourth. We will, we will get a next player, or even if we come fifth, we'll just do it for the last one of the season. And yeah, we should uh, we should do it in person. That'd be great. Definitely. Did you have a nice time in? Uh, in- a, ter- a terrific time. Yep. Thank you. Um, I did. I, I believe uh, our former player Yossi Ben Ayoun is now the uh, Israel manager. Would you? Would you? Oh. Yeah, did you snap so... him up to become uh, one of your clients to do some punditry for? Uh, who? Um, no, I, uh, I I didn't do that. No, um, but um, had I done, maybe mm. I maybe I could have done. No, um, who was I talking to earlier? Uh, I was speaking to Bakari Sanya uh, a little bit mm. earlier today. What a lovely man. I've got to tell you, he really loves Arsenal, and maybe one day I'll Get persuade him, him to uh, to come on here. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But um, yeah, I went to West Ham yesterday, which I know we'll come on to. Yes, I was obviously. Home in, in time for that. We should welcome our other guest, uh, mm. long-time, staunch regular, the Bear Two. You're the Bear, Josh. He's the Bear, Gareth David Parker. <laughs> for it is he. <laughs> Thank you very much, Boyd, for the full name, the, the respect I deserve, I believe. Absolutely. Get Gareth. Yeah. Can I just ask a question, right? Because you've come up as as Gareth David Parker at 
the end of an email address, and I wouldn't read out the end of an email address. Don't dox him, Josh. I mean, that's, right. I mean, that's me, Yeah, go on. That's very formal, isn't it, to go all through? Yeah, were you, look, were you I, hoping for just Gareth Parker and it was taken? or? Yeah, do I rue the day that I put my whole name down? I mean, it's a long time ago, the early email days, um, those halcyon days. Uh, yeah, I think it probably was. I mean, th- there's the other flip side of that where you're a, a grown-ass adult with a ridiculous email that you got when you were 19. And so, so my, my girlfriend's email, until very recently, her personal one was... Uh, Jellyfish hotcakes. There you go. Ah, Whatever. I mean, again, she's still on it. So, my first email address was antispurs at hotmail.com. Genuinely. Much a lad. Is that that just terribly sad? How How old old were you? 29? (laughs) (laughs) I think 28, to be fair. Um, I would have been, I don't know, 10. Something like 10, 11. Oh. Yeah. I want to see, can we make, I want to see a picture of you age 10 um, with some kind of like anti-spurs. Burning, burning a Spurs shirt. Burning a Spurs shirt, yeah. <laughs> no, I've never, I've never burnt a, a Spurs never, shirt. Never, I'm never, saving never, that for May the 12th. Like, never knowingly burnt a Spurs shirt. I mean, Do you, they're very flammable. What? Very flammable. Do you both, when, when Stand Up If You Hate Tottenham comes on in, in the singing um, either home or away. Do you both stand up for that, or do you? you... I, I, my, my caveat is, I you're always standing at an away game, and our, our little block at Arsenal stands the entire time as well. So it, it's yeah. it, it's an easy win there for me. There's there's no need. Okay. It, it's quite funny when there are overly officious stewards at away games making you sit down, and as soon as they've got a load, it's just the pettiness and the funness of that song will start very intentionally, and everyone stands up again. Uh, but yeah, no, I am. Um, I mean, I don't hate Tottenham. So I wouldn't. No, uh, I think I, I think hate is hate is too strong a word, and we'll get onto it. It's, it's part of my hot take for finishing fourth, which I, I will. Oh, oh, I'm looking forward to I'll this. Te- or tease Josh with earlier on today, but I'll hold I'll, I'll hold on to that until later. Okay. All you need is love gets us to fourth. Um, Josh, do you stand up if you hate Tottenham? Do you hate Tottenham? Do you stand up? I think I probably do stand up, mm-hmm. but I am like Gareth in that. A lot of people around me stand up this year, I think, more than ever before. But I'm also the back row of a lower tier. Therefore, I have free reign to stand up at all times. So, uh, But I like to think that if I had been sat and there was it was vocal enough, I would have got round. One thing I guess we should bring I know we're going to talk about the games and everything. And Boyd and I do so little uh, chatting ahead of these podcasts to talk about what we're going to talk about. But have you seen on Twitter the... Um, the amount of conversation about this Arsenal anthem, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lewis Dunford. Where does that come from, boys? Do you, you're you're a man from, in the know. I think it's come from Lewis Dunford, hasn't it? I mean, um, I think it's his own idea. Too. I mean, good luck to him. Good luck to him. Is, is um, it authentically viral? Has this been? Has this been just mm, picked up because of it? Or, or, or listen, man, boy, you're a man in the know, a man in the media. Yeah. Is, is this a cynical ploy of a <laughs> of a recorded at home album? Um, I don't know if it's that cynical. I don't think it's that cynical. I think he seems to be a genuine, um, you know, person. I mean, he hasn't got that many followers to be last time I looked anyway, he didn't have so you know, I think you'd have more followers if it was if he was a cynical person who uh sorry, it's chance. I think it's gone from like two thousand, then he was tweeting out being like, Oh my god, it's six, oh my god, yeah. it's eight, ten, yeah. and I think you know, <laughs> yeah, it's gone up even more. I mean, yeah. the power of Arsenal Twitter. Um, yeah, it is. To be fair, I think some fans are slowly adopting it. I mean, it's quite an, it's quite a catchy anthemic song, isn't it? Um, and it's but 
you know, it's, I, I, it's, it's not the song that's going to define this season. There is a song which Josh, I'm sure, was singing yesterday at West Ham uh, about yeah, Super yeah, Arteta. Yeah, yeah, which the players obviously joined in at the last game away game I was at, which was one of my favourite moments at Villa. Actually, catching the players singing it was was one of my season highlights. Uh, yeah, I, again. Yeah. We should have an agenda for this, but then that makes it too formal. But I think that... You used to have a menu, Gareth. I mean, back in the day, back in, as you remember. And then I would always criticise how overly efficient it was. But yeah. we, we need to spitball a bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind of one, of the, one of the few regular running jokes that I dropped was the menu. Um, when Josh came in and generally kind of shook this whole fucking podcast into shape. Quite rightly, I mean, I can't remember the history of it, but it's back to but the, to the North London song. It, I think it's different, isn't it, to the to a normal terrace chant? I think he wants it to be. I think the idea is it's like a kind of um, anthem, you know, the equivalent of almost "You'll Never Walk Alone" or "I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles." One of those pre-game kind of um, anthems, isn't it? I think that's that's the hope, but I don't know if that will. That needs that ne- kind of ne- needs neither the neither of those neither of those songs were written with the express intent. No pre-game anthems Correct. and therefore I think there needs to be some form of more organic form I know Arsenal tried it with Elvis and all that nonsense I think there there is something that is a little bit too contrived about I mean it's a, it's a lovely ditty and uh, it's a lovely ditty Gareth Parker that'll, that'll go on the poster <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, let's go on, Josh. Well, I was just seeing that people were tweeting, let's go, we've got to get the club behind this, and the mm. you know, we've got to get it played out of the stadium. And I'd only seen the chorus, of course, as I'm sure 95% of people have been, but I did go looking at some of the lyrics, and it, it, it does include things like past the church, the mosque, a cracked den, and the offy on the corner, see the brasses from the brothel that pretends to be a sauna. Um, and I was just wondering whether Arsenal Football Club PLC can quite align with that level of lyric. It's not, it's not up there with uh, remember who you are, what you represent, chant stance, is it? Yeah, I don't think that's quite on brand. No, no I think you might have to change the word brothel in there. For <laughs> Later on, it says, every time I watch the football or have a ruby with the lads, see an hoister selling clobber or a dealer shotting bags. <laughs> okay, I'm out. Yeah. Gareth's spinning it. Gareth's spinning yeah. the, the song yeah. already. That's, that's uh, I can imagine Vinay and all mm. the big shots of the club just sitting down, sort of looking at this lyric by lyric yeah. and possibly deciding it. Might I did, not be I, the right collaboration. Yeah. I did. I did hear it and think that it sounded like a shit Frank Turner song, uh, and <laughs> that, that, that just confirmed it. Wow. There you go. That's okay. On that, cancel. This is me. This is my last. If, if this becomes a massive campaign takes hold, then that's me out, isn't it? You're not. You're not um, ang- angling to be his manager. Then so that's 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 clear. I've, um, I've, I've enough irons in my professional fires. Yeah. Or I mean, Josh. Maybe Josh is looking thinking <laughs> about it. Thinking about it. Yeah. It'll be a bit. Of, it'll be a little bit of a U-turn on the current line of work. But, talking um, of, let's get on to the game. Come on. Right. Come on. Um, talking of. Um, you turns pundits. Oh, I thought you can do an Eddie Nketiah there, but yeah. That's... No, I'm, I'm on to Eddie. This is about Eddie. This is about Eddie. Um, Alan Smith, um, who was the pundit on on uh, Sky, kept saying to to almost comical degree, Eddie is known for his finishing. Right. Um, I mentioned this before. He, whenever Eddie's Eddie Eddie plays for Arsenal, Alan Smith's on co-coms. He always says Eddie Nketiah is known for his finishing. I'm like, are you serious? He's known for his mediocre finishing at best, Alan. And frankly, 
in the game yesterday, as good a decent a performance as he had, this is my question. Josh is already shaking his finger. Uh, Gareth's kind of nodding. I don't know which it, but I, in my opinion, he had a perfectly good game as a centre forward. But his finishing is an issue. He's not a great finisher, and I find it comical that Smith keeps banging on about it. And Josh, fact, ever- you want to take this one, Josh? <laughs> Look, boy, though, yeah, I, I think it. For a long time, right, there's been an awareness about Eddie around the club, right? And and I mentioned it, I think, on the last podcast two weeks ago that I did. He made Premier League appearances back in the 2017-18 season, right? a long yeah. time ago. This is his fifth season that he's contributed in, in terms of Premier League appearances. And, and all the way through and his, his role in Arsenal sort of youth, youth career, he, he was known for like exceptional finishing. And I think we saw glimmers of it in different sort of uh, League Cup games and you have to give a bit of credit to his um, under 21 England career we, we shouldn't be sniffed at I think it's 16 goals in 17 games and he was always seen uh, as a decent finisher the reality is now it's stepped up to a level where being known as a great finisher in youth football or under 23 level football yeah. is a is a bit different but I think Alan Alan was on co-coms and then got yeah. asked to 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 come down. I think he was just sort of sticking up a bit for Eddie. Oh, during the game. I, I, he said it a couple my... of times during the game. And as soon as he said it, Eddie smashed them wide a couple of times. It was quite I must funny. say, like, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I, I think we should tag team here, Josh, because <laughs> I, think, I think there's a need. Um, there was one poor finish yesterday. There was one poor finish. There was one where he had more time. And if you see, I would consider Saido Mane a, a good finisher. He scored some brilliant goals. He's very ruthless in front of goal. He missed two way more presentable chances at the weekend. A centre-forward will miss chances. Giroud was castigated for the chance he missed, but then wasn't lauded enough for those he took. I think Eddie's game... And listen, I am about as far from Eddie and Kessia fan as you can get. I do not think he is of the requisite standards to play for us up front. However, right now, his game is working. His energy levels, he didn't... He, he, he pulled Zuma this way and that yesterday. He had two or three very good... I mean, there was one shot which... Um, Fabianski did very well to save. There was the one where he did start the ball too far outside the post and it didn't come back in time. And I think that, but apart from that, did he have a stunning game? No. Did he have a good game? Yes. And actually there weren't many yesterday that had a good game. And, I, and therefore, I agree they had a good game. I, I'm just questioning the, the, the finishing you know, theory. The thing that I had more of an issue with Alan Smith saying repeatedly, which was not helping with my nerves. So I wasn't at the game, Josh. And actually it's a game that you and I have been to at least once. I always go to West Ham away and I couldn't this time. You, I think you took me last time. Um, was because I was at Stag Do this weekend. It's been a long time since I've been at Stag Do because I'm old. But, and all my friends like me are either divorced or married or never going to get married, but it's a, a younger friend, my, my youngest brother's friend. So I went away, but found out, yeah, finishing time for me to get home and watch it. So I was feeling a little fragile, not massively fragile. It was a pretty, it was a pretty responsible stag. It wasn't outrageous. I think hopefully gone are the days of ritual humiliation, but talking about ritual humiliation, I was worried when I started watching the Arsenal, I was feeling a little bit tender and sensitive for to be put through the ringer. And they did put, they put us through the ringer a little bit. It was, it was, I think Arteta described it as winning ugly, um, maybe not ugly, but it certainly wasn't pretty. And I think, but Smith kept, Alan Smith kept on saying for almost the entirety after we scored that second goal, Arsenal don't look troubled. Mm. West Ham are not, mm. Arsenal don't look troubled. And, but, but to my maybe slightly sensitive eyes. I was like, 
I mean, we don't look safe either. Let's be honest. We didn't. I mean, Tommy Asu being in the team definitely helped. I think there was a he he didn't have a an exceptional game, but he kept Ben Rama very very quiet. There were, there were, there were and having him there made me less jittery about the agent of chaos at left back because oh my days! I know he got better as the game went on, but Tavares's first half was another one in those. To be fair, that first half substitution could have happened again had it already happened. He was having an absolute stinker. But we looked a bit more assured. And that's with him at left back, with Holding, who's had how many Premier League appearances in how, like, the last few months, mm. and with a returning Tommy Asu. So I think it was a very, it's a brilliant result. It wasn't a great performance. I think Eddie played very well. Um, and, yeah, you hear it, and you hear about the club, don't you, Josh? It, it, he is known for being pretty ruthless in training, but it's a big step up from training. Mm. And those are we saying before we, before we go off the Eddie point, just to say, I mean, it is what's interesting is that um, Graham Sooners said he was his man of the match and thought he was the best player on the pitch. And um, I thought Jamie Redknapp was like, that's slightly taken aback by that. I was like, he's good. He's not that good. I mean, I'm, I'm interpreting his, his kind of in a reaction. Alan Alger, who was, who was there. Alan's obviously goes to every West Ham match pretty much. He, uh, he said it's time to bin him, Eddie and Ketia, and said he was genuinely awful against a makeshift back four. No threat at all. Now, I'm kind of in the middle. I don't oh, think he was as bad as Alan makes out. But equally, I don't think he was so good. And I think he's doing a job, right? Here's my opinion. He's doing a job in this time. He's suddenly being picked by Arteta because, let's face it, Lacazette was just becoming pointless. And I say that as a Lacazette fan. All but has gone, etc. So really, it was either he tries Martinelli out front, which he's tried a few times, doesn't work that well, or just give Eddie a go. And he's given Eddie a go. And Eddie's responded pretty well, pretty well. I mean, very happy with him. But the finishing is the issue to me. And I'm not going back just to, just to say, I don't think we have to like, compl- people are going, oh, offer him, get him to sign the contract, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't think so. I'm, I think I'm with Alan when it comes to like, let him go, just let him go. He'll become a great, he'll become a very good striker for a low, for, you know, with all due respect. I don't know, a Norwich or a whoever <laughs> being very disrespectful. Alan, sorry, Josh, I know you weren't talking about, I mean, very quick point for me on Alan, actually, not on Eddie. Alan likes a controversial opinion. Let, let's just say, I mean, he, he's, an, he's a man of extremes. I was about to draw a parallel. And if, if you're listening, Alan, I apologise. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. A Piers Morgan. Oh, no, no. I thought no, you were no, going to so say Chris Sutton. No, no, oh, no, God, no. I mean, no. When I saw that ridiculous day-to-day intro for Piers Morgan's new show, which is <laughs> the funniest thing. It, I mean, Chris Morris couldn't have written it. It was like hot. But I'm not going to, this is my opinion. I, I love Alan Dilly. He knows I do. I've appeared on the with him a few times. Um, we've rarely agreed on stuff, so maybe this is another thing we can disagree about. Uh, but watching that performance and, and saying that is utter, utter horseshit, and I think said to provoke a reaction. I think uh, all I'd say is, I think Alan, whatever you think of Alan's opinion, I think he, I think he genuinely believes what he says. I think he does believe. And it's consistent because Alan's always thought that Eddie and Katia, to be fair, every time he's ever mentioned, is not up to oh, he's being not up to an artist. Well, that's his point, I think. And and I didn't think he... I, I said I thought he was perfectly distant. I didn't think... I was amazed that Sunes was that, you know, was that complimentary about him. And what, Josh? Josh, finally, what do you think? Finally. I, I will put my hand up to probably say that Eddie Nketiah has shown a level of performance in the last few games that I'm not sure I knew he had. If if, if totally, I was at, at Chelsea, you know, excellent. United, he played the full 90. Um and contributed to to the victory. 
And I thought yesterday, in a way I hadn't really seen before, particularly I was sort of quite near the back of the away fans, so I had a really sort of, I guess, almost like a tactical view of the pitch. I thought he kept the defenders pretty busy and his hold-up play and his willingness to go and close things down um, and just always leave a ball, you know, in behind as an option, which he did get in a few times, certainly the any one towards the end offered something that we haven't really had um, certainly since, you know, Aubameyang was in good form earlier in the season and we, and we wouldn't have had if Lacazette had stayed in, stayed in the team. So I, I um, think he's, he's in good form earlier in the season. Sorry, I, I can't let There that. was a brief period, I think. I mean, a brief maybe period, maybe there was, time. don't be horrible, Gareth. There was a, he was in really good. So form. overall, overall, I think, you know, absolute credit to Eddie for, for doing what he's done. Now, in terms of what the club do with Eddie going forward, I, it, I'm not convinced that he stays because they've offered him a new deal and he hasn't signed it. And it's not like he's going to be in this position next season. We are going to sign surely a top level number nine and Eddie is not going to be part of Jesus. the starting, starting maybe, 11. Maybe, maybe Jesus. Maybe Gabriel Jesus. So Eddie Nketiah, if he really thinks That's that he's point. at a level where he should be starting, then you suspect that he might still come to the conclusion he is, is better place to leave a club and he might end up with better wages somewhere else and you can perhaps understand it. Well, I was going to say, Josh, and I agree completely about that. And I think that what it does show is something of a blueprint for the type of player that works in this system. Rather, I think we, we were playing with just thinking, well, to have Lacazette in that role, at least his hold-up play was good. It wasn't that good. He was linking players together. Occasionally he was. Actually, there is a, there is an option. I think Jesus is a great example of someone that can come in, which is a hardworking, he very mobile centre forward, but can also play with their back to goal. And actually, the Jesus thing, and this is this is my so here's my hot take. This is the hill I'm going to die on this season. Can't wait. It's kind of two parts of it. The first part is if Spurs weren't involved, I couldn't give a shiny shit whether we finished fourth or not. And the reason is, Whoa. I'm watching a club which is growing and developing and the connectivity I have with the players and with the squad is unlike anything I've had in so long and that's why I go to football. And the reason we've got it is we've got the right profile players who are pulling together, there's togetherness in the squad and, and they are understanding their place in the bigger picture. They're understanding, you know, the celebration, police having go at us for over-celebrating stuff. Do you know why we're over-celebrating? Why the fans are up? It's not because we're playing scintillating football or going to challenge for the title. It's because we are connected to those players and those players recognise it and go back. It's like going to a good gig when the band is excited by the atmosphere. The second part of it, Josh, I know you've got a hand up, so you can respond to anything. So if Tottenham weren't the team that we were challenging with, I would genuinely be... Uh, listen, fifth is development, fifth is progress, and we've done well to be in this position at this part of the season. The other thing as well is I'm fearful of getting Champions League, not because getting demolished by Bayern Munich or whatever, but because my biggest fear is, so last summer with our signings, we, listen, there's a revisionism with Ramsdale, but even the other signings, no one was super excited about. There was all like, oh, like we're signing these young players with no experience, blah, blah, blah. There was obviously some a decision taken at the club. I don't think it was a fortunate thing. It was a very cynical, maybe a resale value thing. I don't know. But to go with these players of a profile where they could actually come in and it was a character-based thing and see their characters. I'm fearful that if we get that Champions League football, there might be an, an idea to 
suddenly shoot for this. Oh, we've got to get these bigger names, these players that will only sign for... Look, you know you see it. So-and-so will, will consider signing for Arsenal if they get Champions League football. Do you know what? Fuck you. I don't <laughs> want you in our club if that's all you want. So I want us to buy... I'd rather us sign Ollie Watkins than Dybala. I'd rather we sign Bissouma than... I'm trying to think of a... Uh, I can't think... You might as well keep... With that logic, you might as well keep Eddie and Ketia. And no, because no, a... Watkins is a much, much better player. He's an England international. Oh, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm being. I'm, to take your analogy of the going to the gig, though, if you, it's like going to a gig of you know of Rick Astley and him not playing, never going to give you up. You know, to, to not get in the top four, not try and get in the top four, not be. Exactly. No, I'm not trying. I'm saying I am genuinely not that emotionally invested in that top four fight. It's a oh. contrived construct by. No. Somebody. No. No, I don't agree on. with you, Gary. I agree with you on everything you said about the connectivity between the fans and the players. And you mentioned being at Villa away, and I think that was probably one of the most clear examples of that, the celebrations at the end of the match and the players coming over and joining in with the Mikel Arteta song and, and everything you said before. But it isn't um, fictional, the idea that certain players will look to join us if we're in the Champions League. Top players in Europe will have choices of, of where they go. They will want to come to England. Arsenal is a brilliant option. You're in London. But if you don't have Champions League football, that does limit the quality of player that you can look to sign and therefore our chance of staying in the Champions League. And this year we've had no European football, so therefore we always knew this was going to be yeah. a better opportunity than a normal season. So I think the next four games of Arsenal and I'm not saying anything new here, absolutely dictate the next three, four, five years of, of the club. You're being a bit And that's why I've enjoyed it so much. No, and no. that's why I'm going like I'm every going, game now. I haven't, I've barely you're, missed an away game. You're, you're I'm loving it. Because we could get in the Champions League. That's no, your, no, that's no. your that's I, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I would not be booked to go to Newcastle on the penultimate waiver season if we were six going for fifth. 100%. I don't care. Oh, okay. I'm at a stage in my life. I've got a kid. I've got, I've got a serious work stuff now. I would not be, but I'm giving it up because I think if we maybe we'll beat Spurs and they'll lose to Liverpool and we'll beat Leeds and they will all be done at White Hart Lane, which I'm looking forward to. Brilliant. But if it's still to go for, yes, unashamedly, I'm not about to say I'm going to Newcastle and making that trip and taking a day off work, whatever it will be, because I love this team and we're going for a top four place. If I'm, we were six I'm, going for I'm fifth, going, I wouldn't be I'm going. going more away games because I love the club and that is the honest truth. Yeah, but you can have both. Gareth, 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 I don't get the point. You can have that bond. You're absolutely right. The bond between but the no, fans. You bring, in a, you bring in a player that doesn't understand the club. You're talking about this. But no of... players, but I mean, players, all players are like, you know, no, they're not. have the reasons for joining a club. It's about developing into, growing into the team, going into the squad. This team is a better no, 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 cohesive no. team. Not... If, a, if a player doesn't, if a player, sorry, if a player doesn't have the ambition to play in the Champions League, I think less of that player. If they, right, let's take, let's take Declan Rice. Like Declan Rice, my, my good friend Declan Rice, who I've interviewed recently for who's, a few who's, magazines. Who's too far gone for us to sign him, but go on. Well, no, who knows? Who knows? But in, oh, say oh, in no. theory, <laughs> say in theory, he's got the choice of wherever the fuck he wants to go, right? He could go to Chelsea, seems, is the, seems to be the favourite man you everyone's going to want him right everyone he's, he's not going to if he's considering which team to join and Arsenal and Arsenal and a team is not in the top four and not in the Champions League a player like that who's going to go for a hundred million or whatever and has the choice of going pretty much wherever he wants and he's the most one of the most sought after players has to take yeah, that he, into account and we and us being in, let me finish us being in that top four could be the difference of getting a player like that and not and that is a massive thing 
But he is going to he is going to sign for a club that could win the league. He's that good. We cannot well, sign a player who is that good. Well, it, you, you say that, but he might end up signing for Man United for various reasons. Who knows? Who I mean, knows? no, I mean, no one ever in my mind would do that, right? Well, now. but players do though, don't they? Big star players. But what I'm saying is, it's, both both points. You can be the bond. You're absolutely right. The bond between the fans and the players is brilliant at the moment, and that's down to those young academy, isn't it? Mostly players, and that's brilliant. It's and what, you know, it's what Klopp did at Liverpool. It's, yeah, of course. It's, it's but, a big decision taking right. to do that but, and bringing people on right. the rise, not buying people when they're there. But he also got them in the top four pretty quickly after that first season. He got Liverpool in the top four pretty quickly, and yes. that is a transformative in being in the Champions League. is a transformative thing. And to say to say, oh no, 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 it's, that's, it's not saying I don't want to be. I'm saying. It's not the be all and end all. That's it for me. Like it's not. I think if you look at the profile of signings Liverpool made when they were building into it, Mane was a good player from Southampton. Salah was a failure in this league and had done okay in Italy. These are not players who went to Liverpool to win things. They went because they were sold on the club and the project. Of course, of course. And I do not believe that when I, I they also spent what eight a record amount for a defender on Van Dijk, and that was a transformation. Having made a brilliant again, the thing that galls me about Liverpool, and actually I. If anyone's if, the, if anyone's going to win all the trophies this season, I'd much rather lose Liverpool than City, because although I can blame City thing on the money, Liverpool are a club which we could have been with mm. better decisions over the last fifteen years. Yeah, I agree on that. Yeah, and I think that, but but in a way that is a bit of a blueprint for me, which is we we we're not in a position, and actually it's outrageous that Liverpool are even challenging with sports washing the way it is, that they are even challenging for the league title. And the only reason, the only way we'll get there is to build incrementally and not basically go all guns, Blake, Champions League, right, we'll get in these players on 250 grand a week because they want to come across you and that's the only reason, that's the only way we'll get them. It will fuck up the changing room. But we're not going to do that anyway, are we? We're not going to get that number of, I'm talking about one or two world-class expensive Players and and I think that's and Liverpool did do that when it came to the real difference between Liverpool. And they signed Van Dijk from Celtic. He yeah, wasn't eighty million pounds. He wasn't. He wasn't a world class player. Oh come on, fella. that's rubbish. He was absolutely world class. Everyone. He was the most sought after defender at that point. Absolutely one hundred percent. He was. You're rewriting but, history. But, but but he he was playing in Scotland. He wasn't. He 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 was not. Doesn't matter. He was Allison the best. Was Alison was recognised as a very good goalkeeper. They have both got better. With, with they were big, huge marquee signings that made the difference. Uh, anyway, we've been sidetracked. Let's talk more about the game after this break. And we're back from the break. Well, you should talk a little bit more about the game yesterday versus West Ham. Other talking of Declan Rice and Eddie Nketiah. We still haven't finished with Eddie That confrontation was weird, wasn't it, Josh? I didn't even know why. Having interviewed Declan Rice, as I mentioned already, um, cover star of Circle Zero Eight, a new sports fashion culture magazine, out this Thursday at a very good news agent near you. It's also available now at the Design Museum. Anyway, uh, that that weird squaring up of Declan Rice and Eddie Nketiah. Declan Rice, I mean, I, he was frustrated because Arsenal were two one up at that stage, weren't we? And 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 West Ham were kind of petering out. They hadn't shown much firepower in the second half. They didn't really at all. And he was getting increasingly annoyed. But he really lost it when it came to Eddie Nketiah. It was just weird, wasn't it? It, it was strange. And then, of course, what's been doing the rounds on social media. 
is a clip of Declan Rice referring to Eddie, a former England under-21 teammate, and his terrific Joloff Rice that apparently he would be extremely generous with and, and share amongst his team, and that was a, a popular um, exercise that he that he took. So given that they would know each other, you know, fairly well and, and been teammates and, you know, both played a, a lot of under-21 games, not just been, you know, passing ships, um, it was a, a bit of a strange one. And it was sort of, I was quite proud of Eddie in a way. It was mm. sort of, Eddie did, did a bit of clever sort of holding the ball, winning fouls, winning throw-ins, and it just sort of broke up the game again and just edged us sort of closer towards yeah. it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that ended up being a... Um, about a twenty-man sort of, well, I was, you know, eighteen or nineteen certainly. I did spot um, El Nenny, who we should give huge credit to. He he really stood away from him. But I thought, not only is he putting in this performance, I sort of remembered that he's fasting, right? And we should say Eid Mubarak to everyone who's who's celebrating all our, our Muslim listeners. And I thought to put in the performance he did, and he's fasting. And like El Nenny, Ian Wright gave him a lot of love, didn't he, on match of a day yeah. after the United game. Yeah, and like it's He's an amazing turnaround, El Nenny. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, is this the biggest U-turn Arsenal career we can think of in no. terms of just I, I, who's I, a bigger I, U-turn? I, well, I was going to say, I think he he actually he did have he's he's been very influential in the last three games by. Play, boxing clever. He, he is a, he's a decent footballer. I think he's still probably likely to leave us in the summer. I don't think he'll stay. I think that it's one of these strange things, but he, his, his commitment, his desire, his ability to free Xhaka up to be a better player is, is, is where the difference has been made in the last three games to me. I think Xhaka was, with a couple of poor passes aside, again, incredibly influential yesterday. To quickly go back to the Enketia thing, and it's funny because having played lower league, non-league football as a centre forward and knowing stuff that gets said and something can rile someone in the 60th minute and they hold on to it and hold on to it. And Kessie was shithousing from half-time onwards. He was he was doing little things. He was doing little flicks of the ball away. He was not re- retreating. He I I mean actually funnily enough I think again this is this was the comparison that really got me when someone compared his goal against um, Chelsea to being Ian Wright esque and I was like eh, can't really be saying the same sentence but Wrighty was a pain in the ass but by all accounts by anyone that's ever played against him and I think Enkertia has a little bit of that in him and I don't mind that I don't think he overstepped the line I don't think. It was actually possibly the best example of shithousing the season because they were just trying to get ahead of steam up for that last four minutes push of, of injury time. And it completely took the, the wind out of their sails. And I thought it was brilliant. And the other thing I liked about it, again, team togetherness, was how quickly, having it started to escalate, how quickly the usual parties being Granite and a couple of others got involved and did that peacemaking with a bit of aggression. And it was already only El Nenny who was in there trying to legitimately calm everything down. What did we think about the um, Ramsdale lunge um, that could have been dramatically tragic, um, but actually he kind of, I think, got away with that a bit? I mean... I agree with you. I agree with you, Boyd. I think he was really fortunate in a way. And and it was a peculiar one. It wasn't in quite Robbie Fowler at Highbury telling the referee, no, not to give a penalty, but it was straight away Jared Bowen. He was right to say, well, he wasn't caught, but he wasn't caught because yeah, of his own, his own doing. He, uh, I mean, he flew out, right? And the, mm. and the stubs, studs were out. So I think we probably did get 
to get away with one. So yeah, fortunate. What did you think, Gareth? Had he made had he made contact, actually he could have gone for the tackle rather than the denying a goal scoring opportunity because it was yeah. forceful and reckless. And there was part of me that was worried when I saw it again going, if any contact's made or it's even close, that is yeah, but then hey, there's a very thin line between success and failure at the top end of football. And that was one of those moments where it could, that, I mean, God, imagine him being sent off, especially if it had been for violent conduct and he misses yeah. the last few games. And yeah, and yeah I, I think Ramsdale is, is such a key part of the team and the way he plays. And so his passing yesterday was, it was bad. He's been jittery the last couple of games. Have you two noticed that? Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Last week, yeah. But, it, but, it, but, but he, he was, he, his distribution was phenomenal again yesterday, which helped us. He was picking out Eddie's right. He was doing things really well. Uh, yeah. So my heart was, yeah. I mean, obviously I said I was, a little bit, a little bit tender. Anyway, I think we are. I think we are. My yeah. moment of nausea, greatest yeah. moment of nausea. Yeah, I think we're getting the run of the of decisions at the moment in terms of refereeing, and I think that is a very valuable um, corrective to the lunatics who thought we were there was some kind of conspiracy against us from the powers that be earlier in the season. Because even these things do even themselves out. And I don't anyone now. If anyone's going to come to me now and tell me, you know, some list video they've made of bad decision refereeing decision against Arsenal, I'm sorry, but the last we've been lucky the last couple of weeks. I would say, you know, and it's great. Second, even my second goal. You can't, I, I think yeah. at some point Holdings are mates yeah. with the ball and therefore they could have and also it was Mike Dean wasn't it and that was the other thing yes. I, was thinking, I was like Mike Dean doesn't need an excuse I'm not saying there's any sort of conspiracy he just he likes a little bit of attention he likes it to be about him he likes to make these big decisions and he didn't make them so yeah I agree uh, the, the conspiracy theory stuff is nonsense there, there is just lots of every team could do it every mm. team could have that montage of shocking decisions with possibly the exception of United yeah, we should mention the extraordinary contribution of Nicolas Jovert. Is that how you pronounce his name? Do you know who that is, Josh? Well, I'm not sure. sure. I well, believe. If I was going to guess, I'd go with a very specific coach at Arsenal. Yes, right? yes. It's the he's the um, set piece coach. Oh we yes, brought of course, in. Yeah. We nabbed off Man City. And um, I was listening to the radio this morning and uh, an ex-Man City player, I can't remember who it was, was saying that he transformed Man City's set pieces when he was there. Um, and if you look now, like their, their set piece record is astonishing now. They're still, they're still, you know, as well as being brilliant at everything else and being a machine, their set piece... But he really has made a huge difference to Arsenal set pieces. I, I used to joke like a couple of years ago, like we might we might as well not take our corners because they were so fucking useless for years and years and years. Um you know, but now we're a threat. And and apart from like maybe one recently where we learned a goal of a corner, didn't we, last week or the week before, our record defending corners is also much, much better. And now, like, I don't fear a corner. I used to fear every corner was like terrifying for us. Um, but it's just made a big difference. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Nicholas. And, and yeah, he was the guy who was at, he was at Brentford, then he City with Arteta and then, and then we took him. That's right, isn't it? But we should also get Rob Holding's first ever Premier League goal. Yes. Um, yes. I mean, he's been around a while, and that's we also uh, interview that, that holding Ramsdale interview, which again is. just made you love Aaron Ramsdale in particular a little bit more. That it took it took a new hairline for him to score. In do you Ramsdale. think? Do you think um, uh, Holding was happy with that joke? Was mildly uh, irritated by the joke, or was completely pissed off by the joke? I think he. I think he found it funny. Yeah, I think he did as well. Some, uh, someone was saying that he was a bit miffed. But, you know, I think everyone knows. It's, it's a very successful. It's a great advert for hair transplantation. Conte, is, Conte 
I don't know he's up the road, but it's probably the only person I would say who's a better advert because you see photos of Antonio Conte in his playing days, unrecognisable. So yeah. it's all right. We can admire his hair when he's PSG manager. Well, Rob Holding is a, is a bit of a folk hero, isn't he? I think like he's come in recent weeks when when we when, when we've been winning and he needs to stiffen things up at the back. He comes in and he does a great job. He came in yesterday for for Ben White. Did a great job. He's just a staunch, reliable bread and butter central defender, isn't he? And he's a lovely guy. He sat, he sat on our table at one of the charity things I went to Arsenal a couple of years ago, and he was absolute delight. Um, he's just a great he's guy. A he's a good yeah, player. A good player. My, yeah. my fear was who were we going to bring on to help shore things up in 10 minutes before holding started. That was that was what yeah. holding on the bench. But yeah. um, no, he's a good guy. And actually, I think that he's... You look at other teams, third and fourth choice centre halves. He's 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 a good option for us. I, I think that he is exactly again, and and he clearly has. Although he's also still young, he has a bit of experience, and he's been around the t- the club a long time. But yeah, no, I I think it's nice. Yeah, and it was nice to see the joy on his face from scoring. Yeah, fantastic. Um, what do we think about? Tavares then who I mean you said earlier what was it you described him as agent of chaos agent of chaos that's what we called him in the we called it the podcast that last week indeed I'm sure that's why you mentioned it um but the chaos continued didn't it to a large extent there was one bit where in the match yesterday where he got the ball in his rightful position at fullback and kind of launched a run and ended up basically a center forward position yeah, losing losing the ball in the center <laughs> losing the ball yeah and there was like everyone was like running back to cover him and they did cover him kind of pretty well to be fair but he is an extraordinary figure of chaos such to such an extent but I still think we have to play him I still think when he didn't That's play it. him in that game, in that run of games we lost, was a disaster. In fact, imagine if he just had picked him in that crucial game. But the, um, the issue from that wasn't that he was playing; it was the fact that Jack was out of position. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, exactly. mean, I, I mean, do you genuinely want to, to? I mean, this again. I don't think this is that controversial opinion. I know, about it, but I just think we get it wrong sometimes with transfers, and and I think that what I'm seeing with him is I don't think... He's very young, and that's the thing. If he was fringe, hardly playing, learning his trade, maybe going out on loan, I would be comfortable with him being an Arsenal player. Him being anywhere near the first-team picture worries me, because I don't... I think I think he is a liability <laughs> of, of a footballer. I wow. think he, he has cost us, or nearly cost us, so many times. In the United game alone, I mean... You talk about the rub of the green. There were there were some. I mean, when he had a little cuddle with Matey when he's running through on goal, and and really could have been given as a foul when he deliberately fell on someone who had just beaten him, even though he was in the pole position to get the ball. He loses the ball out of position. He is out of position so often, and for the two driving runs he makes when he knocks it around the outside of their right back and goes and gets it. I don't see it being, I mean, I'm doing a cost-benefit analysis very quickly and, and the benefit far outweighs the cost for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there were moments in, in the away and yesterday I, I turned to a couple of lads with me and I said there is almost a worry that this turns Ebue or Jovino-esque in terms of the crowd's attitude to him because it was getting a little bit, mm. you know, not quite a booing level, but kind of sighing and tatting and like, God, what's going on? And Cedric, uh, I'm sure they picked it up on the TV, but obviously Cedric was 
had like only the little bib on, he'd taken off his, you know, tracksuit and all that, was ready to come on, you know, way before he ended up coming on. And and then obviously Arsenal did get the, the second goal and Arteta changed things. But Cedric was absolutely ready to come on for him and you think it was for him to show that half. Sorry? You think it was for him rather than Tommy Asu who was for sure. For sure. There were, yeah, yeah, I think Tommy Estes just went down. There were, you know, it, it, it was to sort of change things and, and put in Cedric there. You the sort of wondered if he did that again to Tavares. Like, I kind of thought, where'd you come, where'd you go from here like three weeks ago at Crystal Palace when he hooked him at half time, I think it was. So, yeah, there were glimmers of positivity going forward. We've got to give him that, right? There were glimmers where he did, yeah, he did get. Yeah. Better going forward. Look, he is only tw- 22. He has played a lot more football than people would have expected. And that is because of, unfortunately, how much football Kieran Tierney has, has missed this season. And, uh, you know, we're not blessed with alternative options. I don't think any of us really want to see Granit Xhaka pulled out of a midfield at the moment, the way he's managed to play. And it, you know, it wasn't a success when we tried that um, against Brighton. So therefore the only other option does appear to be yeah. Cedric at left back. And I'm not sure that fills me with no. too much happiness seemed, either. It's almost, it seems almost inconceivable, but there was that period earlier in the season where Tavares yeah. was keeping Tierney out. Keeping out the team, yeah. I mean, I can't, it seems like a dream. It seems like an unreal, but it happened. Yeah, this wasn't, this isn't revisionism because anyone that knows me well knows at that point I was campaigning almost for Tierney to, to come back into the team because just watching how, how I guess it, and maybe it'll come with coaching. Maybe it'll come with some, someone once said to me, in fact, actually, God, you've both done some shameless name dropping on the pod, so I'm going to do it now. It was Lee Dixon once said to me, there's no such thing as a bad footballer in top flight. There's, they're just bad fits. And it always made me think, it's like, I kind of get that. I, I also get that people who aren't maybe of quite the high enough standard to play within the team they're playing. But he's not a bad footballer. He's clearly not a bad footballer. He's played at two huge clubs. He's a Portugal and international. He's not a bad footballer. My concern is purely in that he doesn't seem to be learning very quickly about how, or maybe, listen, maybe his brief is, and it clearly isn't because he's of the two early hookings, that it is... You go forward, create some chaos. We will, we've got it. And when we've got Tommy Asu at right back, actually with the way that the sort of pendulum style of our defence, where he, when Tierney and Tommy Asu were there, Tommy Asu would make three at the back when Tierney bombed on. And, and you feel a lot more secure. Mm. We've been ruthlessly exposed when it's Tavares and Cedric because Cedric isn't, Cedric isn't very good. He's very good at. He's he's not a bad footballer again, but he's not very good for our system. He he he, and also not very good, actually not very good at free kicks. We all we can all agree on that. But I think that Tavares, we bring in a a, a better reserve left back, send Tavares out on loan perhaps, and he comes back a a, a more polished player. Yeah, I do worry about. I mean, because Tommy Asu did go off injured. I don't know if there's any been. Has anyone seen any update today? I don't know how. I don't know how injured he is. No, he seemed happy at the end of the game. Yeah, like when Saka went off against United and he was bouncing around on the pitch after the game. I had a little bit of like, yeah, that's just just tight muscle that he's had because he had such problems with his with his calves. Both both of them hasn't he? And, and he yeah. seemed to be signalling to back of his leg. Josh, do you have some insights intel? No, I think Arteta was asked about this in the press conference after, and he he seemed to imply it was just effectively tiredness rather than a you know a, re- a recurring injury so a fairly okay. um 
fairly positive. Like he he was asked specifically, is Tommy Asu sort of okay? And he, he said he was. So um, hopefully the same with uh, Saka and Ben White. We have to we have to see. They said there was a muscle problem, you know, during the during the United game. So, uh, but hey, we've got a goal scoring Rob Holding. If uh, that's true, if he's um, not there. are you going on Sunday, Boyd, to the uh, Leeds? No, team? I'm I'm not going on Sunday um, due to um, the Baftas, the Bafta. Uh, the yeah, and do you know what? What's annoying is that I mean, I've because I've, I've been invited to the Baftas, I'm going to the Baftas, but what I th- I, sh- I assumed I'd be able to do both. The Baftas are on TV at six o'clock, which is quite early for them to do on TV, but they actually start at like fucking two o'clock or something. So it's a complete gigantic clash with the game. So I can't, um, I can't go. No, I, yeah. I think it's the long, I've only ever once been to them as far as actually dating a producer on CBBS, which is a story to tell offline, by the way. But um, it was the longest, longest event I've ever been at. Oh yeah, it's epic. It'll be epic. Yeah. Boyd, I mean, yeah. who on earth do you give your your season tickets to when it's the Baftas? You probably have, you probably don't even have anyone yeah, in your yeah, phone book yeah. who's not attending the Baftas. <laughs> well, that is true. I think I mean I know Dermot's going to the Baftas as well. So well, of course, Dermot is the Dermot's not there. There's no point in the thing. True. True. Uh, exactly Dan Baldwin is a, is a big shot. Yeah, I don't producer. know. It's going to be a triple whammy. Yeah, they're they're both nominated. I'm sure. Um, Dermot is nominated. Um, so yeah, it's going to be uh, there's going to be a big gap in the in, on club level against Leeds. Before we talk about that, before we get the prediction section going, I did just want to mention because one of you mentioned earlier about the um, the over celebrating thing. Just to say, I would, what really amazed me about that, and it was Chris Sutton being an idiot, being provo- deliberately provocative. I mean, I don't think I think he was probably joking actually. But I thought we actually under-celebrated, if anything. I thought it was the celebrations were quite muted, considering it was such a fucking huge and important win, you know, away amidst this depleted West Ham. So I didn't think there were... I thought we celebrated way more in the previous couple of games and that it was completely normal I celebration. Mean, they weren't that depleted. That's the other thing. I mean, yes, they had. I think it's more that they were slightly preoccupied. Yeah. Antonio is a big miss, but he came on. We yeah. actually probably had more first-team regulars important yeah. team regulars missing i still think the fact that we are doing we are this competitive without party who was who was purring with his form before he got injured is it is brilliant and actually testament to El many but i also think i'll have another moment to recognize granite jacker's role in it because i think he has been, oh, outstanding, he's been outstanding the last yeah. few games i said last week i've forgiven him for everything he's ever done wrong <laughs> Fully, fully, fully in favour of Granit Xhaka now. So now we have to talk about what is going to happen, not only in the Leeds game on Sunday, but also really what is going to happen. So we now we, we, we guaranteed top six finish, which isn't it? We should I mean, we should say this. It's no small feat, and that is an improvement on last season. And we have to credit um, the manager Arteta with that. But are we? Is the is the dream going to happen? Where because Spurs are playing Liverpool. On Saturday night, 7.45, prime time TV kickoff. And by the way, can you believe, that's on BT Sport, right? Can you believe Sky has somehow not got that game? Sky, who show, you know, who like show, get the first choice on pretty much, you know, dozens and dozens of, of league games every season. And they've somehow allowed BT Sport to get the rights to this massive game. Is it a rearranged game or is it January from this round of fixtures? Is this January from this, from round, this round of fixtures? They, they rearranged it to that time that to get a big primetime audience. They'll get, they'll get their biggest audience ever, I imagine, BT Sport. But um, it's, it's anyway, by the by. But what's going to happen there? Tottenham are a bit of a bogey team for Liverpool. I know a lot of Liverpool fans are slightly... Yeah, and the, and the way Spurs play with yeah. Sun spinning in behind, will, he'll definitely... I think Spurs will score... I think it's just 
hopefully how many more Liverpool score. That's, I think, because I think that some will just watch Liverpool against teams that aren't as efficient up front as Spurs and they give away chances. They also happen to have the best goalkeeper in one-on-ones, which is help, helps out with that. But I think that, yeah, I think I don't think it'll be a rout, but I, yeah. If we can predict it's that, a huge... Liverpool will win, but I think I don't think I think it'll be tighter than we would like it to be. But that's a huge thing. So if, if I totally think Liverpool will win, I think I think that I think they will, and then that gives us five point advantage when we if if we win the game against Leeds, which is an if, here's a big if. Leeds fighting for their lives. Leeds are right back in in the relegation zone. Leeds, Leeds, Leeds are a poor team who we should put away. We I should. We should. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Josh. You're, so you're going to Newcastle. Um, I'm contemplating that as well, not not to seal that beautiful fourth spot, but because uh, because it's obviously I've got relatives up that way, and I haven't been there for a while, and I miss watching football at the furthest point from the pitch possible. Um, but I fear that I think we'll beat Leeds. I think Liverpool will beat Spurs, which obviously sets up the derby because mm-hmm. that is there is a not a winner takes all because it's if we draw mm-hmm. we've basically pretty much because we could then even afford to and that's my fear watching if you our remaining fixtures the ones that really stood out obviously was the Spurs game the West Ham game I didn't for one moment two months ago look at Newcastle away and go oh shit that's going to be mm-hmm. a potential banana skin but it is now. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, and they're playing with the freedom. They they didn't match Liverpool, but they gave them a tough game. Liverpool edged the game up there. That's going to be very tight. And if it comes down to it, and um, hopefully it won't, because that will basically mean that Spurs will have beaten us. My fear is that's the game that we could mm. potentially put points in. And Everton. Last game of the season is Everton, who are also... Oh, Everton and the Bobbins. We'll beat them. No, no, no. But, they're, but, they're, but we've got teams that are all fighting massively. Everton are bombers, but they won that game by sheer kind of power, willpower over At home. Their away record is the worst. I know, the, I know, I know. The worst in the Premier League. Yeah. Saying something, considering the other teams that are in the Premier League. Mm. Aaron Ramsdale, Josh, did you, in, in his post, in, um, along with mentioning... Um, mentioning the board spot, Rob Holding's board, board uh, hairline, um, talked about how we're only three points behind Chelsea and that we should be, you know, targeting them, which I like in theory. And we are only three points. I mean, that is a fact. They've got a massively a goal better goal difference. Yeah. Their goal difference, their goal difference is 20, I'm doing the maths, 26, 26. goals, 26 goals better off. Um, and they've got a fairly easy run in as well, haven't they? Yeah. So, but I like, I like the idea of it, but do you think, do you think we will be fight? We'll be pretty safe when it comes to playing Spurs, which is the dream that they lose to Liverpool and we beat Leeds or so something's going to happen, isn't it? Um, Look, we couldn't have believed that we'd have got naught points from the Palace, Brighton, Southampton side of things. And there is that memory of Leeds United coming in that blue strongbow kit. I mean, obviously, you know, we're 20 years on or 18 years on, uh, aren't we? But they did come and shock Arsenal when, you know, they were in massive trouble and we were, you know, right up at the top of the table. And... uh, they obviously got smashed 4 0 by Man City, but it wasn't really a. a it wasn't a smash. 4 0. I, I, I watched well. quite a lot of that. They played yeah, some they decent very, football in there. But and that's if you, if you offered there. Arsenal the situation we're in, we'll grab it. We, and we are now big favourites with the bookies. We are something like two to five. And Leeds, incidentally, are favourites of those three sides now to, right. to go down just because of their fixtures. I think they've, they've got to play Arsenal, they've got to play uh, Chelsea. 
they've got Brighton, they go to Brentford on the final day. I, I fear a little bit, even if we are five points clear, let's say we draw in that in that game, obviously still means we need two points, assuming that the goal difference is, is still with Tottenham. And you could just imagine a Newcastle, you know, point and then it goes to the final day but mm. I don't know the, the one thing will be interesting with Tottenham will absolutely if they are five points behind they have to win they have to win the game yeah. um, and it's set up brilliantly and I yeah, can't wait for that game first time Arsenal would have had an away section at this new stadium I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and yeah. then I think what's interesting is I think Spurs needing to win desperately I think is better for. I think we we 100%. were much we were much better, weren't we, in the second half yesterday when we didn't when we allowed West Ham to play and kind of attack us and on the break we were really good we were really good on the break and I think unless we score really early when we take the when we take the lead when we kind of go out and and and, and try and dominate the game and we have most of the possession and we don't score early then it ends up being really frustrating and difficult and they all, the players get really nervous you know there were nerves I thought in that first half across the board and I can imagine that happening particularly against Spurs unless. <laughs> Spurs aren't playing well, Boyd. Oh, I know, I know. But that's the thing. So we we are worrying which from our eyes. I think that there will, but there is. I know because I've got several Spurs mates who are saying, "Do you know what? We are more inconsistent than you are." And I will say, "But you've got the cheat code, and and, and the Kane and Son axis is, is is something which has won them games they do not deserve to win." So if we can keep, I think Son quiet in that game is the most important thing. I think. I think again we've got a huge, huge chance of winning it. Never mind drawing. I think we, yeah, you're right. If they go at us, great because they'll leave themselves. They're not very good. Emerson Royale, man, like he makes Tavares look like a World Cup winner. So we've 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 got huge chance to get a good result there. Okay. Um, uh, yes. Yeah, so let's let's particularly predict what's going to happen in the Leeds game on Sunday uh, that I'm missing because of the Baftas. Are you going to be allowed your phone on you, Boyd? Or is this oh, where yeah. they take it oh, off God, you? Yeah. No, 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 no. They're not taking my phone off, no. No, I will be I'll be cranking up the Sky Sports app. <laughs> oh, no, the BT Sport app. Sorry, I've gone on about it. Oh, no, it's on Sky. Our game's on Sky. 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 I will be cranking up the Sky app on my on my phone and watching it throughout the ceremony, unless they arrest me for it. I don't know. Um, yeah. What do you think is going to happen, Gareth? Um, I think 4-1. 4-1? Wow. Get our get our um, goal difference up a bit. Well, this is the other thing I'm hoping is actually you mentioned. I think that game in particular is one that I can see us having a bit of a swing if Liverpool manage to beat Spurs by more than the odd goal. Yeah, we we could we could recover it a little bit. Yeah, um, and we're more likely to score multiple times. I think on the last day of the season as well. Anyway, Josh, you know they're playing Norwich. They're going to fucking hammer Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> I think we will win 3-1, Boyd. Interesting. What do you think, Boyd? I think... Are you too busy worried about BAFTA? I'm not worried about BAFTA. Um, (laughs) No, I'm I'm just going to go for the shell of it. Um, I worry about the game, though. I feel there's like a weird result coming up, you know. Um, But I think we'll still win, yeah. I'm going to go 2-1 to us, tighter than we think. And let's pray Liverpool... Liverpool, by all rights, should really knock Tottenham for... Tottenham have done well against the big teams though. I know, season. I know. Really I know. It's, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, it's bizarre. We can't, we can't rely on it. I think that's no. the thing. I think we, yeah. it, it, it's going to be 
It's going to, I think, as you said, I think that game is going to be tighter than I would like it to be. I think Liverpool are a phenomenal team, and I'm hoping you'd want Liverpool, but you'd want to want if we could pick anyone yeah, to go, I'd pick Liverpool. So yeah, we've got to enjoy they've that. They've got a very good uh, recent performance against City, haven't they? So yeah, Liverpool out of all of them, I would I would have plumped for, but yeah. Well, as ever, the Bear, Gareth the Bear Parker, it's been a joy. Josh Bear Landy, it's been also a joy. It's been great, thank you. Um, Boy, Boyd O'Bear, thank you very much for yeah. hosting so well as always. Thanks, mate. Thanks. And uh, I'll keep you up to date with the uh, with the score on yes. Sunday when you're maybe busy you, seeing who's won maybe the you can Maybe you'll sit in our um, club-level seats. Well, that would be terrifically kind. Yeah. Do you know who's very nicely invited me for Sunday already? Nick, Nick True, um, oh, yeah. who I, I, w- I won't remind him. I think he predicted Wolves would come forth last time he was on this podcast. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's fallen away. But he, uh, he very kindly has invited me to go to go with him. Um, but I'm sure there must be one or two other people in your phone book who are not attending the BAFTAs, though possibly not. Um, you're always first. You're always first choice. No, the, I, I massively. I, I've got to say, I, I well, I took your ticket when you yeah, were yeah, yeah. off yeah. in well about to go to America, mm. which was great. Apart from there was a terrible uh, result against Brighton. Oh yeah, you, uh, God, you yeah. missed that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, you'll be back for the final day, aren't you, boy? You're going to uh, Everton. For sure. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you very much. See you next week. Bye. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show. Check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to luckylandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.